1: Well, Carl, I'm afraid that this week's episode is on uh, fear, (laughs) creator's perspective on the dilemma of fear.
2: Well, I think humans are perhaps overqualified to talk about that subject. The shortcoming being we often don't know what to do about it very effectively. Yes. We keep searching for answers and solutions The world continues to be a troubled place, turmoil that comes and goes, and many struggles in life. And it's a challenge for everyone at some point or another. There's few who are blessed to kind of sail through. So we're going to turn to our resource and channeled wisdom with the creator of all it is and, and hopefully add some useful perspectives to a debate on the dilemma
1: of fear. Absolutely. I can say from personal experience that if there is an answer, it's not an easy one. <laughs> so here we go. You asked, creator, arguably the most famous thing President Franklin Roosevelt ever said, as well as likely one of the top 10 quotes any president has ever said in the history of the United States is, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. What is creator's perspective on that statement? Is it in fact True. All right, and this is what Creator tells us. Nothing
2: so simple could be broadly correct in all settings and circumstances, but it is a general rule of thumb and in keeping with the context of that presidential speech using the phrase in question. It is a truism that fear can take on a life of its own and take a person along with it on a road to their destruction. Fear, in fact, is the number one disempowerment experienced by human beings. It is a mechanism for self-destruction and self-denial both. It distances the experiencer from the divine by taking them away from the divine path of truth. When one gives in to fear, it is a false interpretation of reality because by its very definition, It is a concern over something not yet in evidence, but the person is afraid might happen. So it does not equate with reality at all. So in a strict definition sense, you have nothing to fear, but fear itself encapsulates that experiential dilemma, that a state of fear is a degradation of the state of being for a cause not yet truly in evidence. And as such, the experiencer would be much better off to allay their fear or disregard its message until such time as action is needed to address the origin and purpose of the fear as a warning of some kind about grave possibilities looming. When a group of individuals, as in the case of a nation faced with war and its consequences, embraces fear in aggregate, this can be a huge impediment to their future success. It will not only weaken them in terms of their resolve and their wherewithal to marshal strength of will and inner conviction to prevail and to redouble efforts and marshal an extra measure of courage from within to do one's utmost in preparation to face an enemy threat. That aggregate fear will at once disconnect the population from the divine and the possibility of divine assistance, to some degree. It is not that we discriminate against the weak and helpless, it is that we must honor what humans choose, in all cases, in all ways. If you choose to give in to fear and become helpless, we cannot help you, because we must honor your choice to have a helpless state of existence at least for as long as the fear is overwhelming and you cannot come to your senses and seek something better. So this is why addressing the issue of fear can be so very important. An effective leader will indeed rally the troops and will rally the populace as well, to stand strong and think positively and to stir within them an inner strength to carry on in spite of the odds and hold true to their convictions within the heart to put love about, above all else and to do one's utmost through love for one another that is the opposite of fear and is an
1: antidote well creator's words really stick out for me if you choose to give in to fear and become helpless we cannot help you this is this is a message we've heard throughout the whole get wisdom project is that you know we choose our states of emotional existence, and um, if we embrace that, Creator has to allow us to have that experience. It's a tough lesson. It is, and it,
2: it's often the explanation for why life isn't easy, and even prayer falls short all too too often for folks, and, and it's because they wait until they're desperate to launch a prayer, and that's the worst time to pray, because you're often in a state of fear, and feeling helpless, feeling downtrodden, maybe being devoid of hope, and that's a poor platform to mount a divine request for assistance. You have to stand strong to be in alignment with the divine and kind of have more standing to be a partner, a true partner, and get divine assistance. So, this, this is a challenge, and it's,
1: it's not an easy one to, to surround. No, not, not at all from personal experience. You asked, Creator, fear is witnessed throughout the animal kingdom. Do plants experience fear as well? I mean, this, this is a question I've always wondered about personally myself.
2: Well, this comes and goes as a kind of scientific curiosity as well. And Creator tells us this is absolutely the case. Plants have consciousness. There have been studies showing unequivocally that if a plant is threatened, as with a burning flame, it will recoil simply from the awareness of the intention to cause it harm. And in fact, the plants will remember and begin to react emotionally in a sense when that same person revisits their environment in the future. They will be recognized as a potential perpetrator and the plant will have a discernible reaction in terms of electrophysiological energetic emanations that are discernible and measurable scientifically. There are many ways this is expressed simply beyond a conscious awareness even though of a primitive sort. There can be quite elegant physiological responses and production of chemical substances to act as a repellent if predatory creatures are detected on the surface of the plant or in a nearby environment. There is an elegant defensive posture plants can take even to protect themselves against other plants through a kind of chemical warfare by producing chemical substances that are herbicides for other plant species but benign to the self. This is why some plants cannot be placed too close to others because they will die off if this is done. This is a good example of the biowarfer plants will mount against one another to survive in a competitive environment. In a sense, this is a fear response because it is the ability to detect a threat to the existence that is linked in in intricate ways to gene expression patterns that will produce a physiological response mounted to act as a deterrent to the encroachment of another organism that poses a threat to existence. One can argue in what ways this differs from a conscious awareness that would be true for a human being, but humans as well have subliminal fear detection mechanisms that occur deep within the subconscious and cue off of non-local consciousness going out and assessing the threat level of people and things in the environment and giving feedback to the deep subconscious below conscious awareness entirely. This has been measured time and time again by science, showing that people actually brace themselves prior to a future noxious stimulus that is not expected but will be foreseen. And then this will trigger an inner recoiling and a kind of stealing oneself to survive the imminent onslaught. So that is the closest parallel with regard to the plant experience in comparison to human threat detection and responses.
1: You know, this actually begs a lot of other questions. Like, I know you have the ability, you know, the psychics and probably yourself have the ability to channel, like, animals, for instance. Imagine channeling your front lawn, Carl. I'm not sure. Not sure that's a good idea, but uh, another question I had was like, you know, sometimes you see an oak tree out in the middle of a cornfield all by itself and then like an oak tree in an oak grove. You know, what would be the different experiences of that? So there's some questions maybe we could pose for a later time. Well,
2: I've, I've spent some time, uh, not much because I have better things to do, but I have channeled plants. I've channeled trees. They have a consciousness, I can tell you, and they have things they can teach us. And it's because I channel in a particular way. I channel through Creator, and Creator has a translator so that the consciousness of anything can be translated by the Almighty into words and sentences I can understand as a speaker of the English human language. Sure. So that's a little different than getting an intuitive impression from something that is foreign and by its very nature and doesn't know how to speak your language directly. So, that, that's another thing we can get into at some other time. But I assure you, this is all true. Wow. Things around you have awarenesses you don't appreciate.
1: Um, it might be an idea for a future show. You asked Creator, when an individual conscious being is birthed from the great ocean of Creator's consciousness, whether destined to be mineral, plant, animal, or pure spirits such as the angelics, is fear a natural adaptation by newly minted individual beings or an endowed aspect of intelligent design purposefully infused into the new beings by creator? All right, and this is what we're told.
2: There is nothing random or happenstance or coincidental in how living things experience their existence and respond to their individual agenda and the influences of the environment of all kinds. The makeup and function of all living things is entirely pre-planned. There is nothing left to chance, nothing left to the workings of a gradual, painstaking process of elimination through so-called evolution. That is truly a myth. There can be changes over time due to genetic drift and particularly impactful energetic perturbations, such as a massive shower of gamma rays from a cosmic event that hits the earth and subjects living things to toxic consequences in disturbing the genome, for example. But the idea of fear as a protective mechanism is a quite accurate perception of its purpose and the fact it is universally present within living things. This is a necessary attribute to cope with the physical environment, which by its nature is challenging and fraught with difficulty, much of which comes simply from competition for resources and for living space. You will not survive if you are crowded out, no matter what type of organism you might be. There may be only so much food available or other forms of nutrient necessary to maintain your energy. If it is used up first by others competing with you, you will be the loser and will perish. So to detect when there is a reduction in available energetic supplies and a response through behavior to perhaps go on the hunt to seek nutrition more widely, to be more aggressive when something is sensed. All of these behaviors and mechanisms are designed to promote survival, and in that way, all at least have a level playing field in the challenge to keep going under sometimes difficult circumstances. In a world of plenty, with relatively few animals and plants draining natural resources in the water and soil, giving rise to offspring comes without consequences to the self. But at some point, if the population becomes excessive, members of a species will compete too strongly with one another and may well compromise the lifespan because of the limitation. Those with more mobility and the physical capability to do so might even begin to destroy other members of their own species, either to prevent competition or to even use them as food. So, while this has its savage aspects, this is the purpose of the physical environment, to experiment with and learn from such contests, because all have ethical implications and deeper meaning as far as the balance of power that is perturbed by negative consequences. It is this pursuit of balance that defines divine alignment. There is a higher spiritual aspect and meaning to it all, and that comes with greater awareness and an appreciation for personal responsibility to balance, in the equation, one's place within a family of organisms, to do one's part but not cause harm to others, and take more than one's rightful share, and so on. There are many organisms living in groups with quite careful and delicate orchestration and a balance of power throughout the colony that keeps things humming along when all are satisfied with their role and have a purpose. And they do so with a kind of joyous satisfaction that everything is working and they have a job to do and will be quite dedicated in service to the communal group. This is an ideal humans themselves rarely achieve because of corruption. Fear can help people keep greater order and avoid the worst of mistakes and threats from the environment by developing coping strategies for protection, but the true art of living is not to simply live a wild and reckless life kept in check only by fear alone. That is a quite crude tool and by definition indicates a kind of failure to adopt useful constraints to keep things from getting out of hand to a point where you must fear your neighbor in order to survive. So fear is built in universally, but is meant to be more of an emergency break than an ongoing means of regulating conduct
1: and functions of society. Well, that is indeed a question I always wondered about, and this is an emphatic answer that fear is indeed an aspect of intelligent design. It's not an accident. It's something that has been built into every consciousness, essentially, and um, it's it's there to help protect us. So it has it has an upside for darn sure.
2: Well, this brings in the aspect of personal responsibility. Not only to, save, say, to, to stay safe and survive and carry on and soldier on and make it through, but to cultivate a higher kind of vibration, being more in a mode of loving kindness, despite the obstacles, despite even the threats to existence to keep your calm and cool head in a difficult setting, that will give you more power to draw on than if you let fear creep in. You know, there's obviously a state of being unaware and then being reckless in taking on an undue challenge or uh, a, a too larger risk by not acknowledging that there is a threat so, there, it's all about balance. Everything is about balance. But yes. it's important to be able to cope with fear. So, this is why I think this topic is very important because we're all challenged at times. But there's a there's a greater benefit to managing your fear than to just kind of get through a tough patch where you're really feeling down and, and maybe even terrified because things are going against you. There's always a need to find a way back and dealing with fear and being able to set it aside or keep it in perspective is the first step.
1: You know, an interesting idea for a, a channeling subject might be somebody like Evil Knievel, you know, somebody that was like a daredevil and then basically lived their life pushing the envelope of probably their own personal fear. A, you know, there's, there's interesting things to explore with this idea for sure. You can explore getwisdom.com, check us out, join as a participant member, just requires your email, otherwise it's eternally free, and you can check out probably 70% of our content, which is available publicly on our website. There's videos, there's recorded uh, webinars. These shows, by the way, are archived at both Voice of America and on um, getwisdom.com, and you can access them anytime. There's 80-some-odd shows we've done here for Voice of America, so be sure to check those out as well, and we'll be right back with more Get Wisdom right after this. Become our friend on
0: Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Scientist and inventor Carl Mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with God. You're listening to Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They are here to answer your questions and comments about the program. Send us an email to contact at getwisdom.com. That's contact at getwisdom.com. Now, back to this week's program.
1: Welcome back to the second segment of Get Wisdom. Carl and I are talking about creator's perspective on the dilemma of fear. Um Something that we all have experienced. Uh, some of us more than others, but uh, it's definitely, I think, an issue for every human being. Carl,
2: I don't doubt that at all. And uh, you can ask any of my clients, and any of my associates, <laughs> anyone <laughs> I know, anyone in my family, and your colleagues
1: think, too. <laughs>
2: well, we're just folks. You know, we're we're normal people, and it's normal to be fearful in a world. That is kind of a mess and there are many ways to fail, many ways to get hurt and many tragedies that you'll see and, and relate to and be yes. triggered by.
1: You U.S. Creator, we know members of the extraterrestrial alliance are all obsessed with power. We know from personal experience that fear can sabotage our own personal efforts to achieve personal power. So such individuals are experiencing a profound dilemma of wanting to overcome fear in order to increase their personal power, in order to increase their own personal safety, in order to be free from fear. Can Creator comment on this dilemma? All right. this is what Creator tells
2: us. There is a difference here in the perception of fear and reaction to it on the part of beings in spiritual alignment compared to beings who are not. So your construct is very simplistic, thinking that fear and safety, in a sense, are opposites. And it is a question of achieving an acceptable balance through power to find the sweet spot, so to speak, where one can feel comfortable and secure, in the moment at least, with a minimum of fear and an objective expectation of achieving security. In the world of the extraterrestrial, This is a meager exercise because in the absence of love, life is truly shallow and pointless as all sources of satisfaction are superficial and quite temporary because in the quest for more, there can only be gains through taking something away from others. And that will result in a world of depravity, exploitation, manipulation and subjugation where the strong prey on the weak. And it eventually ends up destroying all, either consistently and systematically over time with a certain rate of attrition, or all at once eventually, which could end a civilization altogether when divine support is gone through the choice of those extraterrestrials to deny the existence of the divine. Among beings in awareness of the divine who can achieve divine alignment Fear is a reminder of the cost of straying too greatly from the divine path. So the experience of fear motivates divine beings to return to the fold, to align more fully with the divine and thereby regain strength, confidence, and feelings of security because they will have a renewed influx of love from Creator which compensates for all kinds of negativity. No matter what they might be, anything can be seen as an absence of love in one way or another, in one or more of its aspects. So this is the point of demarcation between the loveless sociopathic realm of the extraterrestrials and dark spirit meddlers compared to the divine human in response to fear, the dark beings seek power. For the divine being, in response to fear, they seek love. Power is not a substitute for love. It is an empty vessel that ultimately depletes the being from its endless demands for vigilance, cunning, and cultivation of strength through force and the ways to implement force against others. The seeking of love is truly an empowerment because love is the greatest and most powerful force in the universe. Absolute love is unconquerable. It will overshadow the darkness every time, in any form it takes. That is why there is no true contest between the light and the dark. And understanding this will bring great wisdom.
1: Well, this is revealing. And we've we've heard this theme before from Creator that... uh... The the, the extraterrestrials seek personal power over others, both as a species over us, but even amongst each other, as a means of creating a safe space, so to speak. So uh, it's quite revealing. But then the creator backs that up with saying, you know, if you pursue love, that that is greater than the fear. And the absolute love is unconquerable. That's an interesting statement. Well, we see that dichotomy
2: reflected in governance, where you have some countries run by a petty tyrant, a strong man who has maybe a military cadre around them, and that keeps them safe, at least for some time, until the military mounts a coup and (laughs) kills them (laughs) off and someone else wants that illusion of power and ascends to the throne, so to speak. But that isn't true living, and to... Live through love does bring strength. This is hard for people to understand who maybe have a loveless existence. They're hurting and they can understand they're missing out, but they can't appreciate so readily the power that will come to them through acquiring the love of others, as well as cultivating an ability to love and accept the self. That's a major major dilemma when you don't like yourself. You need help with that, and you can get help with that from the divine, too. That's a good way to use
1: prayer time. Absolutely, absolutely. You ask Creator, a common response from those wanting to help the fearful is to try and coach them into getting a backbone. There is also the attempt to try and use shame to inspire the, fe- the fearful to suck it up and engage. What is creator's outlook on these attempts to inspire the fearful to face and conquer their fear? Well, we probably
2: all indulge that impulse <laughs> a time or two with people we know. And, uh, you know, we them to kind of get over it and, you know, get I back might have on done track. I that this morning, Come on.
1: I don't
2: know. <laughs> That's right. That's a good phrase. Suck it up. Well, you know, easier said than done for many folks. You know, if you've got a severe chronic health dilemma and maybe no family to help you know that those are devastating dilemmas to be in so here's what creator says about this kind of uh, power coaching we would refer to the prior example in answering this question as well what is important here is who is making the decisions and what are the inner motivations governing the chosen strategy in attempting to help the fearful If a leader wants to rally their followers to overcome fear, but only has power to use as a tool, all they can argue with is imposing the threat of a greater fear for the lesser fear of the moment in their subjects. While that might be motivating for some, it is more likely to be a temporary benefit because people can only take so much punishment emotionally and may well break down at some point along the way. People will even give up and accept death and seek it actively in some circumstances rather than live in fear. And there is wisdom in this as well. In the Nazi death camps, slave laborers forced to throw bodies, some of whom were just injured or dying, into the flames to incinerate them, chose themselves to jump into the fire rather than continue to persecute others. While some might depict that as a cowardly escape from service to the self and maintaining life even with only the faintest of hope of better circumstances being possible, we see that choice as holding greater honor because it, in effect, ends the personal suffering, the damage and wounds to the self and one's soul, forced into aiding and abetting acts of depravity as well as the karmic consequences from injuring others in the course of that dark role forced on the individual through threats of bodily harm. So we see, using logic and reason, comparing the lesser of evil in one's dilemma to the greater of evils in the expectations this will somehow make a person feel better if there's someone worse off than themselves, they are largely missing the point. Suffering is suffering. And what is happen- happening to another has little relevance in the moment to the sufferer. What is needed is a healing solution. There needs to be love brought to bear and in abundance to salve the wounds and restore inner security and strength and the possibility of renewing respect for the self and to see one's future in a better light. That raising up will only come through acts of loving kindness, not through an offering of power and control in some way or another. To attempt to talk someone out of suffering is, in its way, an act of arrogance that shows off one's superior status and that will automatically create a distance, a gulf between the sufferer and the would-be helper. And that in and of itself will prevent a meeting of the minds when what is needed is a union of souls through the sharing of love.
1: Well, it's it's certainly a dark topic, but, you know, the creator mentioned the experience of uh, the Nazi concentration camp. And, you know, if you're uh, one of those forced into into that kind of duty and you've actually assisted in throwing people that you knew were still alive into the fire, I could see how, if you reach that point where you just couldn't take it anymore, that even though fire is one of the worst ways you can go, <laughs> that you might choose that because something deep inside you tells you that this is a way that you can begin paying back some of the karma that you've acquired. You know, um, definitely not an equation I want to analyze in depth, but uh, it's an interesting thought, anyway.
2: Well, life is filled with choices. Few, if you're lucky are that dire in their consequences, but they all matter. They all count. And the law of karma is watching everything you do and tallying up the energetic consequences and will bring that back around to you. So you better hope the good outweighs the bad (laughs) because (laughs) your life will go downhill if it doesn't. (laughs) Or up in flames. Oh, (laughs) Yeah, that's built into the way the universe works. So even if you don't have a nanny around nagging you, or uh, you know a parental guiding hand, or maybe a boss who is wanting to you wanting you to express your best, because it's a win-win, and so they're tolerant and kind, but strict and uh, inspiring, but forceful and demanding, even that can be a good thing, and so. Each one of us has to find our way through this myriad of options. So it's important to keep in mind, fear is your enemy, but recklessness is not good for you. And being in divine alignment does carry a great deal of personal responsibility in getting
1: there and staying there. It just can't be helped. Sure. Absolutely. You asked Creator, we know that the fallen angelics fear the light. So we know that angels can experience fear. The Archangel Michael appears to be pretty fearless. Was he created that way or did he conquer his fear successfully in a way the fallen angelics were not able to emulate? All right, and this is what Creator tells us.
2: Archangel Michael is fully capable of fear. So his acts of bravery, being steadfast in service to the divine are a testament to his ability to live despite fear and carry out his duties with distinction under often difficult circumstances. But we can tell you that the fear levels are also not so great for the archangel as for the human physical being. The angels know fully they are immortal and any pain or difficulty comparable to what a human might go through, they know will be temporary and recoverable, that all can be healed and it is easier for an archangel to do so than a human being in their state of ignorance and doubt about the reality of the divine in their own place in things, their own self-worth and ability to receive divine support and assistance unreservedly. The only limitation is imposed by the humans themselves through negativity and self-doubt and criticism. So the level of fear experienced by an archangel, even in a kind of battle setting, so to speak, is not very high because they have the strength in knowing that creator is backing them and they trust fully that creator's love will prevail in all circumstances, at least eventually. So it is in the tempting of fear where one truly receives the mastery of their divinity to be walking on a divine path in alignment even with a full awareness of challenges and difficulties one is taking on, but nonetheless standing strong and acting in a way that is fearless despite the risks because one knows the value of the divine and the value of the goal for advancing the cause of the divine to be so much greater than anything to be gained by avoiding one's duty and responsibilities to try to hide and leave the fight to others as a coward would do. Alignment with the divine is the source of strength. Without it, you will undermine yourselves greatly and will never do as well in any undertaking.
1: Well, I, I'm very, uh, very happy to hear uh, the revelation that, well, I'm not happy, but it's just, it's something I wondered about a long time, about whether somebody like Archangel Michael experienced fear. and creative, is pretty emphatic that that is indeed the case. Of course, it begs the question, what exactly is Michael afraid of? And, you know what you know how, how can an archangel be injured in combat in the spirit realm? you know, but those are questions for another time, but it's a fascinating, fascinating supposition.
2: Well, and it's an object lesson that everything about life at all levels comes with consequences and is quite real. That it is not, uh, you know, a game. It is um, a sport for the interlopers who want us to suffer. But that's because they don't have to. (laughs) They can find that to our end of things. So that's the kind of folly they're engaged in because karma is going to get them in the end. So we need to stick up for ourselves here and seek faith wherever we can find it and however way we can help ourselves to do that. That's why get wisdom is here to help people keep going, people of faith. People who like the idea but maybe are in doubt to give them the reassurance, God is real, God is there for you, but you have to want it, you have to seek it out, you have to call on it personally by name. Yes, absolutely. If you if you want light to to keep you protected, good luck with that. <laughs> Light has no interest in protecting you. It's electromagnetic energy. Right. It has a kind of consciousness, but it doesn't have an agenda. Only the divine has an agenda to answer requests for love with love. Light can't bring love to you. Only the divine can do that. We use light as a kind of way of... You know, calling forth the idea of the divine. But these days, many people use it without even thinking about God. That's true. And they're gonna They're gonna fall short. They're not gonna reach the divine realm and get support. Well, we have an agenda
1: too, Carl, and that is to come right back after this break.
0: America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Scientist and inventor Carl Mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with God. You're listening to Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They are here to answer your questions and comments about the program. Send us an email to contact at getwisdom.com. That's contact at getwisdom.com. Now, back to this week's program.
1: Welcome back to What I'm Afraid is our final segment of the show, Creator's Perspective on the Dilemma of Fear. And uh, Carl and I were talking during the break about uh, how, how, you know, how really nice it is to be able to go to a source and get some of the profound answers that we're getting on this material. Well,
2: I'm living a profound existence every day and being able to talk with the Almighty and ask about the events of the day and things in the news, the state of our culture, and the future of humanity. And it, it is quite awesome. And no one knows about these revelations. Everyone is pretty much thinking about the 2,000-year-old scriptures as their guidance. And we need to move past that finally. Yes. So, you know, however we can develop confidence and belief in this voice that comes forth, I can tell you I've been at this for years now, and I've yet to be let down. This hangs together. It is supportive. It is encouraging. And it is metaphysically accurate and it is able to explain all the details of history and the current events of our world in a way nothing else does. Yeah, so, so it just, that's a divine level implementation if there ever was one. And it just comes out of my mouth.
1: Yeah, It's not <laughs> me. <laughs> well, no, I mean, the, the integrity of the material, the way that it, it just fits together like a grand puzzle. And there, there's nothing that doesn't fit, you know, um, it's just amazing. And, and, you know, frankly, we're asking really out there questions. We're actually trying to trip creator up in a sense. You know, we're asking stuff that, you know, we can't even speculate the answer is. And the answer comes and it's like, wow, amazing. So, yeah, this is you get you get into these questions. You look at these answers. I don't see how anybody can walk away Thinking that there isn't something really special going on here, Carl. That's for sure. Uh, you asked creator, in, if in the pursuit of personal power over others, one sets out to destroy their own fearful nature and become truly fearless, might they indeed reach a point when personal safety is no longer an issue? When they are no longer plagued by fear, does their desire to exercise power over others fade as well? Can the selfish pursuit of fearlessness be an unexpected and wholly ironic path to redemption for some.
2: All right, and creator answers, in a word, we must answer no to this construct. What you are leaving out of the analysis here is the role of karma in being the great leveler. So when one is exercising power to achieve safety and thereby a fearless existence, they have set in motion through that exercise of power over others a karmic consequence that will eventually return to them and upset their nice existence, seemingly free from care. What you are envisioning will happen through the exercise of power simply cannot happen in the end. It might be the way to a temporary gain of some kind, but it will be a pyrrhic victory in the end because it will be an illusion. There is always a harm to the self, in harming another each and every time. And in fact, the harm to the self will be greater. So what will truly happen is rather than having power lead to security and safety and the absence of need for fear and seemingly a more enjoyable existence, the corruption that results from the exercise of power against others will erode that seemingly desirable platform. And it will become more of an illusion and a way station on the way to misery and eventually will collapse of its own weight. This is why living by and through love has such lasting value. By seeking love and a way of living that expresses love in all one does, one is using at the same time the greatest source of power there is to conduct one's affairs, to build one's life around This not only is satisfying, but brings great resilience, strength, and safety in the bargain because love is empowering. It accomplishes safety and security along with the good feelings and the blessings of good karma gained by applying love to others and raising others up along with the self. So all benefit. Helping oneself creates positive karma if not done at the expense of others justice helping others in a selfless way is a karmic blessing to them and to you in contrast to power which eventually cannot be sustained as it will become too difficult when one grows weary or loses one's trusted allies to act on their behalf or has their army destroyed and there are no minions about to carry out acts of violence against one's opponents Even the king can end up alone and terrified and vulnerable to being killed by an angry mob seeking vengeance. Even the least among the human population who lives through love can have a joyous life. And that love will be inexhaustible because it is supplied by the divine in an endless flow. You can never run out of love. No matter how much you give to yourself and to others, more will come through the desire for it to happen. It is gifted freely for all in divine alignment, for that is what sustains and maintains the alignment. It is being in that flow of love from the divine that provides the true path and assists all who strive to be in alignment to stay the course and flourish in the bargain, courtesy of divine energy bestowed to them. That is quite a contrast, indeed. In a sense, fear works for both parties. Fear of losing creator's love and access to it can be a powerful motivation. But it is in service to love itself, as opposed to fear of losing personal power on the part of a would-be tyrant, where the benefits are totally selfish and achieving the power will lead to suffering of others who are victims of that power these are the important distinctions in choosing one's
1: role in life well this is an object lesson uh, about the interlopers you know that they in the end they will not succeed because even if they have achieved their safety by an overwhelming power advantage that karma is going to catch up with them eventually and we've heard this message many times over but it's it's one worth worth repeating for sure Well, and uh, we're here to drive the lesson home as much as we can. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed. You asked Creator, can Creator share how prayer work and the Lightworker Healing Protocol can help the fearful overcome fear as an obstacle to personal and spiritual growth and success? Okay, so here we get
2: to solutions. These are things that work. Here's what Creator tells us. We would say in all cases that the answer to fear is to have an abundance of love to work with. As all love comes from the divine, turning to the divine in prayer is the surest way to get more of it when you cannot rely on human society or even human companions to be loving in the ways needed because of their misalignment or personal dilemmas making them unavailable or ineffectual in a given circumstance. By the same token, for deep misalignments and distortions of thinking and serious deep wounding through long-standing and repeated karmic dilemmas from traumas of all kinds through multiple lifetimes of difficulty and failure, that becomes a divine-level problem if it is to be healed at all. And that can only be achieved through direct request to the divine using the Lightworker Healing Protocol because it defines not only every source of potential negativity that could be causing an adverse situation and suffering of the individual, but invites the Divine to apply all manner of advanced and powerful healing strategies, most still unknown to the average person. That direct request for assistance is exactly what is needed to empower the divine to, in effect, rescue the person from their dilemma through healing, which cannot be done without specific requests from the human side because of the need to honor free will and free agency. The divine cannot lead people by pointing out their dilemma and offering solutions and describing strategies to take or do it for them. The availability of the protocol is, in the end, Result is the end result of a multi-year collaboration by a dedicated researcher in the form of your channel going back to the well again and again to push back the frontier and keep gaining incremental new knowledge about how things go wrong and how they can be fixed. Both prayer and the Lightworker Healing Protocol have their place and work well together. What is needed is humans to embrace these tools and put them to work over and over and over again, ideally on a daily basis. That is not a huge burden and is done in the privacy of one's own mind and is therefore inherently safe as all divine communication is sheltered and protected from outside listening and interference. So you're not taking a risk and going against the darkness in this way. You are at risk at all other times when you are living by your own wits under your own steam and entirely on your own unless you have used prayer or the light worker healing protocol to request to be under divine watch and protection and to receive ongoing healing. The choice to us is obvious. Do you wish to live a diminished life with no hope for the future because the darkness is working to overtake and destroy you? Or do you wish to be saved and healed at long last, to end the madness and move into a higher realm of greater and more satisfying and fulfilling possibilities, with endless possibilities for expansion? Enjoying immortality under a state of siege and endless suffering is no way to live. Living with boundless joy, endless love, and an ever-expanding panorama to explore is not only a higher and better choice, it is the greatest of possible rewards and improvements over the life you have now.
1: The choice remains yours to make or decline." You know, it's it. Creator said that um, the Divine cannot lead people uh, by pointing out our dilemma and solutions, but we here at Get Wisdom can. <laughs> We can reach out to people, and we can say, "Hey, here's your problem, and here's the solution." And one of those solutions is the Lightworker Healing Protocol. You can check out the Lightworker Healing Protocol at getwisdom.com. Download it at getwisdom.com/lhp. Um, it's pretty. Full, you know, thank you, Carl, for for working with Creator to bring that to humanity.
2: Well, you're most welcome. I'm in this too. Don't forget, and I have loved ones. <laughs> And we're all light workers, that's why we all came down to this place. It's to solve the problem of evil, as Creator said. When we're back in the light, this is all we think about. How can we take on the darkness next time and make something more of our lives? Well, this is a big chance now, because for the first time we have been given insight about the best tools to use and how to go about it in very specific ways exact wordings to use to ask for what's needed, that is unprecedented. We've only gotten vague direction and general encouragement. That isn't enough. Yeah. Yeah, The the dark is powerful, and it knows how to go about its business.
1: I just want to point out that if you're listening to these shows and you're impressed with the depth and range of the answers that were given the integrity of the answers the way they just fit together so perfectly and then know that the lightworker healing protocol is given to us in the same way these answers are it is profound it, is, it fits together tightly it is the solution that we really need and we invite you again to really check it out get slash lhp get slash lhp carl once again i'm afraid for the last time in this episode that we are out of time